Hi, it's great to be with you today. And first of all, I want to say a big thank you to our tech team who have made all this possible that we're experiencing this morning. So thank you very much for all that you've done. And I have to say that last Sunday evening, Joy and I sat down and we watched The King's Kids online. And we were filled with joy, I have to say, at the depiction of the coming of the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't seen that, I can certainly recommend tuning into that. Now, today, though, I'm going to be carrying on our series on the book of Habakkuk that John started last week. And I'm going to be reading a few verses from chapter 2, which I'll read in a moment. But first of all, I want to make sure that in the midst of this lockdown, that we get a bit of culture. So firstly, I want to quote from a song that Elvis sang, a whole lot of shaking going on. Now, when it was written, I don't expect that it was meant in the way that I've interpreted it, but it strikes me that indeed there is a whole lot of shaking going on. I guess that all our lives have been affected by this microscopic invisible virus. In fact, the whole world has been completely disrupted socially and economically. Jobs being lost, businesses shut down, travel prohibited, contact with family and friends has been broken. Anxiety levels have increased. All our personal plans have gone out of the window. Many are sadly dying through this virus. I also guess there are different ways that we can react to all that we're going through. Again, for a bit of culture, this time from Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life. In other words, no matter what happens, always be positive. Or look at it this way, the glass is half full. On the other hand, to quote Victor Meldrew, a grumpy character from a sitcom who never looked on the bright side of life and was never positive, I don't believe it. I wonder if you see yourself near either extreme, a great optimist or a diehard pessimist. In one of the Beatles songs, Paul McCartney sings, it's getting better all the time, while John Lennon echoes, can't get no worse. Wherever you may be on that spectrum, through the book of Habakkuk, we can learn a more excellent way. So now I'm going to turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. And I'm going to read the first four verses and just make a few points from them. Habakkuk speaking with the Lord. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation waits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So the first thing I want to emphasize is there is a whole lot of shaking going on. Habakkuk was certainly living through a dark period in the people of God's history. The Babylonian Empire was rising and threatening Judah. Jerusalem, the very heart of the promised land, would be besieged and sacked. Through this time, for us, of going through the coronavirus pandemic, we have heard a lot of words related to warfare, fight, battle, defeat, war, 
with comparisons even to the Second World War. For example, the Queen related the family separation situation that we're going through to the evacuation of children in 1940 during the war. I can understand why these comparisons are being made. At the time of Habakkuk, Judah was certainly facing a period of war. The Babylonian army showed no mercy. They worshipped idols of wood and stone and despised the living God. They destroyed everything in their path, looting, slaughtering and enslaving people. Habakkuk, as we found out in the first chapter, was baffled, puzzled in confusion, distraught in emotional turmoil. Why are you allowing this evil empire to prosper and get away with their evil deeds? You don't seem to listen, Lord. You don't seem to care. What's going on? Perhaps we've also got similar questions. Regardless of the coronavirus, we may still have questions on a personal level. For example, why did he die so young? He had so much potential. Left a young family. It doesn't make sense. Why have you allowed me to lose my job? I've just taken on a new mortgage. Why is my health deteriorated? I've had bucket loads of prayer and I just seem to be getting worse. Why is my marriage broken up despite my best efforts? Why are my children going off the rails? I've done everything I can to bring them up in the faith. Why am I seeing no answers to the prayers for the people on my blessed list? I've been praying for a while now and I still haven't seen any doors opening. Or maybe your questions are more on a cosmic level. Why are evil regimes allowed to prosper and dictators uh, live a fantastic, opulent lifestyle while the people are living in poverty? Why is that allowed to carry on? Or why? Why is a big question that often gets asked. Why can't governments agree together to solve the refugee crisis? We see hundreds of thousands of people in despair and nothing seems to happen to improve their situation. Why isn't there an end to the corruption that we see in some of the governments of the world? There's no doubt that we're all going through a time of shaking here through this virus, a time of disruption to our plans. I really feel for those young people who have studied for their GCSEs and A-levels and all that hard work. I trust it hasn't been in vain. Family gatherings for special events, birthdays, anniversaries... They've all come to nothing. Holidays cancelled, working from home while managing your children's education. That's a tough one as well. Bereavement. A time of uncertainty. A time of potential anxiety. A time of frustration. You may be experiencing some or all of these feelings. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. So what can we learn from Habakkuk here? What does he do? Well, he does this. He keeps connecting with the Lord. In verse 1, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Habakkuk uses the analogy of a watchman who was assigned to stand on the high place of the city wall from where he could get a good view. In those days, a city wall would have surrounded the city to protect it. The watchman would be looking out for potential enemies. He'd be looking out for changeable weather. He'd be looking out perhaps for an ambassador and his entourage coming to the city. 
The point was, the watchman was to be alert, to watch, to listen, to report anything that was noteworthy. Imagine if the watchman said, well, I've been doing this for six months now and nothing's happened. This is pointless. I am bored. It doesn't really matter if I'm doing this or not. I'm off. It wouldn't go down very well with the commanding officer, would it? Or the people in the city, for that matter. But Habakkuk doesn't desert his post. He perseveres. He goes to connect with the Lord. I will look to see what he will say to me. How about you and me as we go through this difficult lockdown season? Jesus said, I am the way. And this is still true, whatever the circumstances. Our connection with him is still key. He is the one who has opened the door to our connection with our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father who loves us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. We see airports, cafes, churches, factories, hairdressers, offices, pubs, restaurants, schools, all may be closed. But the way to the Father is always open. I am the way, Jesus said. So in this period of uncertainty, dear friends, let's keep connected with the Lord. Let's keep connected through his word. Perhaps you find it difficult. Well, here's a few suggestions. Perhaps you just like to read through the Psalms and see how the psalmists responded to times of darkness and despair for them. Or maybe it's something that we suggested to our Zoom group last week. We said, well, why don't you take Psalm 46 and just read that every day and just ponder some of the things that the Lord may say to you through that psalm. After all, one word from the Lord can speak more than thousands from politicians. Not too late as well to start the Bible in one year. I'm going to quote from it later, in fact. There's an app there that you can download, very helpful. And of course, we can pray as part of our connection with the Lord. And if you haven't already joined in in our Thursday online prayer times, well, there's still time to do it. It's a really helpful thing to do. Now, the government tells us that we're allowed one walk a day. Well, why don't you incorporate prayer into that walk if you haven't already done so? Perhaps as well, you're blessed to have the gift of speaking in tongues. Well, that's another way in which we can keep ourselves connected with the Lord. Now, the other day, I got up in the morning, as we do, a dressing gown on, went in the kitchen, and we've got this device where it will play music. It's called an Echo. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about. And you can speak to this machine called the Echo, and you can say to it, Alexa, play such and such a song. So I was uh, standing there in my dressing gown, and I said to uh, the Echo, Alexa, can you play Breakthrough by Red Rocks Worship? So uh, Alexa kindly did it for me. And I just stood there and I joined in some of the singing. And then as it was all about breakthrough, I started praying, Lord, let me see breakthrough. Let me see breakthrough. And I started thinking of areas where I would love to see breakthrough. So that's another thing that we can do. Just get ourselves connected with the Lord through, through worship, however you may do that. And many ways in which we can. The point is this. Keep seeking. Keep going. Keep connecting with the Lord. For Jesus tells us this, that if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, you will be answered. 
Now looking at verses 2 and 3 here. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger. Wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. God tells Habakkuk to wait. Well, we're certainly in a time of waiting right now. Waiting for the lockdown to end. Waiting for the situation to get better. I have to confess, I'm not naturally patient. Patience is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. I get that. When we keep connected to the Lord, our patience grows. Nobody particularly enjoys times of difficulties. I certainly don't. But as we persevere and are patient in them, then something good happens to us in our character. I wonder if you've ever prayed to be more like Jesus. When you meet adverse circumstances with patience, it turns you into a person of better character. Pressure, after all, can turn coal into a diamond. Habakkuk is told to write down the revelation. Got me thinking, what's our revelation? Well, our revelation is this, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Habakkuk is told to write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Now, in the old days of Habakkuk, they would write on clay tablets. I was in the British Museum recently, and we had a tour of the British Museum, the Bible through the British Museum. And we looked at this clay tablet from ancient times. And on it was written a decree that we can read about in the Bible as well. Indeed, the Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone. But our revelation is that God writes his word on the tablets of our hearts. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 3, You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Our revelation is this, that Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit not only to be with us, but to be in us. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we too can be heralds of the good news. If we own Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then the power of God is at work in us. The power of God is at work in you as you confess him as Lord and Saviour. You might feel pretty powerless, but I want to say to you today that the power of God is still at work in you. And what I would like us to do today is I would like us to make a confession, to speak out loud. It may be unusual, but I want us to speak out in a moment. The power of God is at work in me. I'm going to count to three, and then I'd like us all to say that. The power of God is at work in me. One, two, three. The power of God is at work in me. You're not left to face what you're facing alone. Emmanuel, one of Jesus' names, God is with us. Yes, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. But we need to keep connected with the Lord as Habakkuk does. Because Jesus is our rock, so trust him. Verse 4, see, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. We think as a species that we can do without God. We can manage ourselves. We can do it all. We can reach the moon and beyond. 
We think we can do without them. We think we're masters of our own destiny. But surely this pandemic that we're going through demonstrates how much we need God. We're in fact very fragile. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Or, as the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 3.11, the righteous will live by faith. Last week in the Bible in one-year readings, I said I was going to quote this. I read this, which I think is very apt. A century or so ago, a ship in a storm was dashed against the rocks in Cornwall at the southwest corner of England. A 15-year-old sailor swam to safety on an offshore rock. He climbed up and waited all night until he was rescued the next morning. A reporter interviewed him and commented, You must have been shaking all night as you clung to that rock. Yes, the young sailor replied. I trembled all night with cold and fear. Then he added, But the rock never trembled once. To quote the old but relevant hymn, We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. Unlike the 15-year-old sailor, we can stand firm on the rock which is Christ. Are you standing on the immovable rock? Is your life grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love? Where are you in your faith journey? In all of life's trials, is your faith still grounded deeply in Christ? The whole world is being shaken by the outbreak of the coronavirus. Our lives are being majorly disrupted. Far more important than seeing that the glass is half empty or half full is knowing that the way to God is always open and we can keep connecting with him. Far more important than being an optimist or a pessimist is to continue to put our faith in Christ who does not change like shifting shudders. His love for you and me never dims but is constant and faithful. Do you know that you're standing on the immovable rock Or do you feel as if the waves of circumstances are overwhelming you? The invitation from Jesus is this, come to me and you can stand on the immovable rock. Now to end on another bit of culture. During World War II, Winston Churchill gave many stirring speeches. I just want to quote four words from one of his speeches and they are these. We will never surrender. As for you and me, we will never surrender our faith. We will never surrender to despair. We will never surrender our trust in Jesus who died for us. We will never surrender. Do I hear an amen? I need to hear a bit louder. Amen. Bless you.